want to talk to you a little bit about sweat block already here in uh, in uh, Dallas. It is hot and muggy. Uh, we're starting to enter that time of year that I just absolutely love, um, where it's going to be hot as a furnace. And uh, I sweat a lot. When I'm outside, I sweat a lot. And I hate it. I don't anymore because I have sweat block. I use sweat block, and it is truly amazing. They're wipes. You put a wipe before you go to bed at night. You put a wipe and just wipe under each arm. Uh, and I generally do it on my chest, too, because I get so sweaty at, on my chest. And there's no sweat for like a week. No smell, no sweat. It is truly remarkable. You get it at sweatblock.com. If you use the promo code uh, Beck, you'll save 20%. Sweatblock.com, promo code Beck. You can also get it on Amazon, but you'll save 20% if you uh, get the uh, wipes or the just regular sticks at sweatblock.com, promo code Beck. All right, got to talk a little bit about the uh, special we had last night on Blaze TV. I hope you watched it. Um, And we're going to talk about it and answer some of the questions that came in that I didn't get a chance to uh, talk about. Coming up. Fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We've got a great hour coming up for you. Going to go over the special last night, give you some of the uh, things that we talked about on TV, on Blaze TV last night with Mark Levin, uh, and lay out the action plan that you can get online. It's 25 pages, it's absolutely free. But you are key to this solution, taking the power back from Washington and putting it into your hands. Uh, It will work if we all work together. I was talking to Mark uh, off air yesterday uh, before we went on air, and I said, what what do you think, Mark? What are the odds? And he said, Glenn, I don't see anything else on the horizon that really gives me hope. He said, this will all depend on our audiences. Will people actually do it? I'll explain in 60 seconds. Unless you're the type of person who just loves having a whole bunch of complicated extra things to do in your already busy life, buying and selling homes probably not your strongest suit. Uh, it's never been mine, but sometimes the market is right, and if and you go for it, or you gotta go for it, you gotta sell your house, your your house, and buy another one because you're moving to another city. Well, there is realestateagentsitrust.com. This is my company, and we work with the best real estate agents all over the country. The ones that we really feel are best suited because they have the best practices. And there is there's a whole checklist of those things that if you talk to really good real estate agents, you can tell them, spot them right off the bat. But also these guys are kind of more like you and me. They listen to the program. We have vetted them for a long time before we take them on. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Tell us where you're buying and selling. 
whether it's across the street or across the country, we'll recommend somebody to you and you interview them. It's no cost to you. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all, realestateagentsitrust.com. All right. So last night we had The Reckoning. And The Reckoning is the first in a series of specials that if the audience engages with it, we are planning to do. Um, Because I think it is time to take the Constitution back and put the power back in your hands. And the reason why everyone feels so, um, uh, I don't know, so so powerless is because everything's happening in Washington, D.C. And even when there's a trial, it's in Washington, D.C. And you know how that's going to end up. So, What do you do? Well, that's where the reckoning guide comes in. I want you to go to uh, the reckoningguide.com and find your 25-page reckoning uh, booklet. It has all of the crimes that we know for sure are happening. Okay? There are FARA violations, all kinds of them. That means you're, you weren't registered as a foreign agent. You have to do that. Uh, Hunter Biden has never done that. All kinds of uh, violations on that. We go through Burisma, the peddling of influence in China. Uh, and we, we also go through uh, the thing we found out last week, which is the influence peddling that hunter biden did in uh romania it is crazy just crazy then this is what we focused on last night because this actually you can handle you no state that i know of can take on the Farah uh problem that that we have that's federal however because of the laptop there are 170 crimes all over the country. This was put together with uh, the Marco Polo report. And these were committed, a lot of them, in California, New York. So we know we're not going to get Delaware, not going to get anything out of those states. Okay. But there's a crime in, um, in Texas offering solicitation and then taking that solicitation across state lines. Um, I called our attorney general or my people did wrote and said, Hey, we got nothing. We got nothing. You know why? Because one call doesn't make a difference. We have all of the States, the, in Arizona, the drug crimes, we have the U S statute. We have the Arizona statute. We have them for each state. We have the dates of everything. You have all of the evidence. Out of 170 crimes, how many prosecutors decided to take any of these on? How many were actually written up after found by police? Out of 170, how many? Yeah, the answer is zero. Mm. Zero. Now, why is that? For instance, in Arizona, he was under the influence of crack. 
He's driving. He crashed his first rental in a ditch on the way. Then he dropped off his second rental, a Jeep, at the Hertz facility near Prescott, Arizona. Uh, he left several items in the Jeep, including personal IDs and crack cocaine pipe and a baggie with cocaine in it. Okay. The Prescott City attorney uh, and the county attorney announced that they were not going to prosecute before the lab tests were even back. Now, do you think you're going to get that break? Do you think your son or daughter is going to get that break? Even if your son or daughter is in a car and that car was rented and, you know, they picked up uh, Hunter Biden in the car and just, he was hitchhiking and they're like, I don't know him. He just uh, he is. Uh, we got in the car and we kicked him out and he left his crack pipe. Do you think your kids are going to have a prosecutor say, no, nah, we're not going to do anything? No way. No way. So we have all of the evidence, much of it video evidence. We have it in California. It is ridiculous. Um, we have it in Connecticut, another ridiculous uh, amount. Delaware. But then we go to Florida. Hmm. Florida. He's got some drug crimes and some sex crimes in Florida. I'll bet you you can find somebody in Florida that's a prosecutor that will be willing to take that on. I'll bet you if you call the uh, attorney, uh, the uh, the D.A. or the attorney general in Florida, hmm, I bet you they just might take it on. Massachusetts, probably not a chance. Nevada, there's a chance there. Drug crimes, sex crimes. I mean, bad sex crimes. This guy is, one thing you can say about him is, uh, he's a machine. Uh, I'm just, let me just, I don't know. What does crack cocaine do to you? I mean, besides kill you in the end. Do you know? Is it a, I mean, listen, listen to this. Listen, only, to, There's only one way to find out, Glenn. Uh, Let's get this, get this weekend started. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So if you look at his Connecticut uh, crimes, listen to this. These are his sex crimes. Uh, Hunter solicits a female via text. Um, she does an in-call service, blah, blah, blah. He transports her, and that is uh, on 211. Later that same day, after the first hooker leaves his room, he solicits for two more prostitutes to come up to his room. Then the next day, he uh, has a third prostitute join him in Orange, Connecticut. Then uh, on the same day, day number two, he has another prostitute that joins him at Foxwoods Casino. Then an hour later, while he's at the casino, he hires two more prostitutes. I mean, how is this done? How is this physically? I mean, physically, how is it? Seems demanding. I guess this is what crack cocaine does. Yeah, must (laughs) be. We're learning lessons here. Must be. So we have all of it. Is there is there anybody in Orange, Connecticut? Who's the prosecutor in Orange, Connecticut? I mean, Connecticut's very liberal, but this was done. How about Foxwoods? Is there is there no DA, no prosecutor? That says this was done in my state. 
Enough is enough. 170 crimes all over America. That's that's better than Bonnie and Clyde, I'll have you know. 170 crimes not prosecuted for any of them. How's that possible? Is it just because your name is Biden? Or is he committing crimes on days when the prosecutor was high on crack themselves? Get the dossier now. Uh, It has all of the information you need, including the beginnings of all of the contacts. But I would go to your local DAs. I, I I would go to everybody and anyone who has the ability to prosecute for crimes. And I would hammer their phones and their Facebook page and anything else they have. You've got to start in these states where we got a shot. But I personally think you have a shot in in any state if it's overwhelming. Now, not California. Some restrictions do apply. California and uh, and Delaware and Massachusetts, New York need not apply. But uh, this works if we all do it. It really is incredible that if this is the type of thing that they're sort of unwinding for us, right? They, they've paved the way here, I guess. They've used their power to come after their political yeah, but enemies. They, they, just, they perverted it. They mm-hmm. took a totally. national crime. I'm not telling you to take any of this uh, uh, the national crimes. Mm-hmm. Those are those are U.S. federal crimes. Mm-hmm. These are not. These are state crimes. So when they did it, they twisted it and tried to make a federal crime a state crime, which you can't do. Okay. Right. This is just using the rule of law as it is meant to be used. Oh yeah, I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying you know we talk a lot about these precedents being set. And this is going to be, I think, the, the, the notable path of the future on this stuff. You have to look at this stuff and take it seriously. It's lawfare. It's what, it, they, did to our, it's what they did to our voting. Mm-hmm. They've done it on everything. They just keep going to court over and over and over again. Yeah. They just file and file and file. Well, and well what are we doing? It seems like the old days, too, like a prosecu- someone local that had a situation like this would make sure they held the person accountable so that they did not appear as if they were giving political benefits to some powerful person, right? Like you'd want to make sure you brought a case like this, maybe even more than some regular mm-hmm. person, because everyone's going to call you out and say, wait a minute, this is because it's Biden's kid. Well, that that has reversed and it should reverse again. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't like I, I speed and I get pulled over, right? Like I, you know, every single thing that I feel like I do that is even questionably wrong, I'm always dealing. Like that's correct. Every time you you, you roll through a stop sign, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a cop behind me. I do in I do here in Texas. I I you know I, I'll be speeding or something. And I think uh, I, mean, I can't be stopped. I can't. I don't want. I don't want to pay for a ticket or whatever. And I'm in Texas in a friendly state, right? You know and. They're not going to let me go because I'm Glenn Beck. So what are you doing? But if you're with hookers, you're smoking crack in the car. There's video of him smoking crack while driving in Virginia. You can identify all of the streets, everything. 
No prosecution for that in Virginia? Really? Nobody decided to pick that up? Yeah, like, how often have we done stories, Glenn, over the past, you know, 10, 20 years where we're like, hey, a, a stupid criminal, he went and robbed a 7-Eleven and then posted a, about it on Facebook and he's now arrested by authorities. Like, Right. This wh- is what he did. He's done this so 100 let, times, 70 times. Let me give you a theory on this. I had this idea last night as I was going through. Yeah. Let me give you my theory on that. Uh, in just a second. First, let me tell you about Reggie. Wrote in about his experience with Relief Factor. Started using Relief Factor only a week ago, uh, or a week or so. And uh, he said, I had a f- I've, I have a fair bit of pain throughout my body the past few years. Age has been catching up to me. Uh, it got bad enough. I had to do something. I heard you talking about Relief Factor, and I figured, why not? Four days. This is what he writes. Four days. That's all it took for me to begin feeling so much better. Thank you. Reggie, thank you for trying it. Relief Factor, just give it a shot. Yes, you'll be out 20 bucks if it doesn't work. But 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month. I think because they feel like Reggie and me. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. 1-800, the number four, Relief. 1-800, the number four, Relief. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so I have this theory that, um, because why would you do this? Why would you do this? And put it on your laptop and keep it on your laptop along with letters to your family and your dad and all of your shady business deals, and it's all on one laptop. Mm. Why would you do that? Just hear this out for a second. You know how sometimes people want to get out of something uh, and so they sabotage themselves? Yes. Okay. I don't think that's what's happening. I personally think that the Biden family is so deeply sick and Hunter despises his dad, resents his dad. Okay. And I think he didn't start out with this in mind. I think he started out with this laptop as insurance, but I think now that it's out, I, I think it's like his dad is still winning. You're controlling my life. You are, you son of a, I saved all of this stuff in just in case as insurance to be able to give it to you and look at what you've done. His dad is still towering over him and pulling all of the strings of his life. Mm. Does that make sense at all I to think you? It's, a th- it's an interesting theory. It's, yeah, it's a total yeah, theory. You're not saying that's definitely what's no. happening. Because, I mean, he do- he does seem to be close to his dad yeah, right except, now. Yeah. And that's not always been the case. Right. But he seems to be, I think, looking for protection from him, at least from outward appearances. But yeah, I, I'm not saying... You're saying not a deeper s- psychological... Yeah, the, this yeah. son of a bitch is still, yeah. his power is unstoppable. And there's evidence to support that mindset, right? In the texts, yes. he's he's complaining about that type of thing several yeah. times. I mean, that's definitely at some point, that, at some point that has been his way of thinking about his dad. That, you know, he was constantly doing everything for him and 
Now, again, it's very Kendall Roy if you watch Succession. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very much that way. And it, 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 that's all I could think about when I look at Hunter Biden. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I think there is there's something, there's something, there's something to that. wrong. Look, there's deep psychological issues here with Hunter Biden. I mean, just... Oh, I think with the, with the whole family. Well, yeah. But, I mean, Hunter, in particular, you think of a guy who's gone through all of this and then his brother dies and he starts hooking up with his wife after i know i mean that is a and he writes to his sister whose diary got out yeah and in the diary it's like i remember taking showers with dad something bad happened okay and that just went away Mm. just went away no it didn't go away because the people who got the diary are going to go to prison yeah (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) look at that not the person who took the showers and made the little kid feel uncomfortable this is this is proof the world is absolutely upside down, upside down. Uh, and and you look at the family, this last thing from Romania, we just found out about 10 days ago, uh, nine people. They have like 26 LLCs, 26. Totally normal. The grandkids have LLCs, offshore accounts. Who the what? Do you know anyone, Stu, with an offshore account? Certainly not that I know of. Right. And if I said to you, I got an offshore account, I'd be like, mm, that's weird. Why are you doing that? Right. 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 And if I could come up with a reason, you'd still be like, that's weird. Yeah. Like you maybe know? there's some reason to do it, like with international taxes. If you were running an international business, right? That Like if right. the blaze was focused on, you know, England, if you open up a Middle Eastern desk, Right, like, wow, uh, wait a minute, I can do, then do this. Yeah, then you can do all this. You can do, do, do. <laughs> yeah. but I mean, like, if, if you know, if we did, we opened up some international coverage somewhere, you maybe there'd be a re- like, there could be yeah, a reason. I for have a friend. One, right? I have a friend who I'm pretty sure has an offshore account because he lives half the year in Puerto Rico. Okay, yeah. So it would be an account in a bank in Puerto Rico, right? Which that, is still not really. Kind of, I mean, in a way, it's offshore, I suppose. Well, but, no, yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. But it's right. not even. Re- it's not yeah, really right. offshore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a shady, right. a shady bank. This, the, These are all connected to the bank in Cyprus. Right. Okay. <laughs> not only 170 crimes, 170 flags from the banks right. saying like, something's wrong with all of these transactions. This looks like money laundering. 170 of those flags and the Treasury Department... The, the FBI, IRS, nobody does anything. Go local. Go local. The Glenn Beck Program. TheReckoningGuide.com. All right. Sometimes the awful effects of a terrible event keep manifesting long after the event itself is over. 9-11, 3,000 people lost their lives. Two decades later... People are still dying from 9-11 related illnesses. And I was there. You could smell it. It took years for me to get that smell out of my nose. Every time I thought about the World Trade Center, that smell would come back to me. Well, we have forgotten. I can't smell that smell anymore. I don't even know if I could describe it anymore. But our kids don't even know about it. You know, there's only two states mandating learning about 9-11 in school. Tunnel to Towers Institute is giving educators access to nonfiction, non-reimagined 9/11 resources for K through uh, uh, 12. 
Also, discovering the heroes, background for teachers. They have guests that they can bring in, all kinds of stuff. Educate future generations. Help Tunnel to Towers do that. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. And you can get access to the special last night at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the code FEDUP and save 30 bucks. Amazing, just amazing. We got we got to talk to you about what's going on with uh, Donald Trump uh, and the weasel up in New York. Uh, what he's doing, Alvin Bragg. Now he's. I mean, we'll get into it a little bit uh, later. We have Victor Davis Hanson on, who I just think is a national treasure. Uh, he is he is so wise and well read and really knows history. He can kind of point at, to uh oh road sign ahead. Uh, better turn left now. Uh, he's just written something on the French Revolution uh, that is, I think, spot on. And I read it a couple of weeks ago, and this is the first time we've had a chance to get together. Hey, Victor, how are you? We're good, Glenn. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um, so, so take us through the French Revolution and how it relates to us. Well, it was a period where there were justified needs for reform. The Bourbon Kings had been, you know, under uh, negotiations with a more representative group of people. And there, and we know in 1789, there was a French Revolution storming the Bastille. But the, the immediate solution was to have a parliamentary uh, twin to the monarchy. And that was right. pretty much what people were negotiating. And then there were cycles that just kept occurring again and again. And uh, some Girondists took over. That was a group of people who said, no, we don't want the king. We want the king to be representative, not really an active partner in government. And sort of as the British crown is today. And then another group called the Montagnards, they were the people high up in the, in the assembly hall. They said, no, we've got to get rid of the king exactly. And we don't want just a political revolution. We want to have it more inclusive. And then, of course, yesterday's revolutionary was today's sellout was tomorrow's traitor. So the the Jacobins came in under the Robespierre brothers and St. Just, and they said, you know, you people are sellouts. You you don't want to kill the bourbon. We got to execute the king, Marie Antoinette. We've got to get rid of them all. We've got to be equity it has to be an equality result. We've got to attack the churches, hang the priests, confiscate church lands, renumber the days of the work. We got to get a new foundational date. It's not going to. It's going to be 1789, year zero. We got to name uh, new months. And we're going to have to have a new supreme being. First, it was, you know, a rat, the God Reason Radio, and then it was become just the cult of the supreme being. So it, what I was trying to say, and then, of course, they went so far that life was unsustainable. And then we had what we called the Thermidor reaction, where they came in and just swooped in, decapitated the Jacobin leaders on the guillotine. And then what was left was the director the directory, the consulship, and Napoleon waiting as the as the corrective mm. of it. And so my point in this article was that these 
the Democratic Party under Obama started this progressive cycle. And yet, if you look at it today, uh, it looks pretty tame compared to what these Jacobins are doing. And, that, and it, it's a holistic movement. They want to change our foundational date, like yeah. the French revolutionaries did, 1619. They're talking about redefining basic biology with women. We're talking about reparations, so that somebody who may or may not have had a slave in his ancestry eight generations ago is owed something by somebody who may or may not have had an ancestor who was a slave generation eight generations ago. But it's similar in the sense that almost any means necessary, unconstitutional or otherwise, are justified by the nobility of this total revolution of making everybody the same, supposedly. And so... So so where do we where do we go from here? What what do you think if you just follow history is coming next and how do we make sure that we don't fall into the hands of a Napoleon? Well, I think it's very important to stop it now because we're getting to the point where this revolution is unsustainable for life as we knew it because when they're if they're canceling power plants as they are in New York or yep. here in California uh, brownouts. And I was in San Francisco recently, two weeks ago. It's almost a medieval city. It's dysfunctional. Can't walk on the sidewalk downtown. Wow. Very unhealthy. You see people injecting, fornicating, urinating, defecating right in front of you. And uh, you, the school system here in California is unworkable. And we have this situation where all these stores are just leaving the major downtown areas of Los Angeles. And when I went into a, a wall, Walgreens in San Francisco, it was almost like you were in a prison commissary. Everything is locked up. Yep. You have to, and I've never seen anything like it. Yep. And so we're starting to see the breakdown of the police. We're seeing the breakdown of the financial system with 33 trillion in debt. And we can't, and so if we don't all step forward and say, we've got to stop this immediately and have the courage to say, there's going to be no reparations. I'm sorry. It's just out of the question. This, this is a racist effort and we're going to have to, we're going to have a border. It's not going to be a construct anymore. We're going to have a border and we're going to have to deport people who came in here knowingly illegally. And I think it, it's going to take that type of medicine to ward off somebody who finally will will say, you know, I'll put a lid on it, but we don't mm-hmm. want that. Corrected. We don't. You know, I, uh, Victor, you might be somebody that would brainstorm with me on this. I, I, uh, I just found out a couple of weeks ago that uh, the first transsexual surgery happened in the Weimar Republic in like 1925 or 26. Uh, and it was the first uh, university of sexology. The Weimar Republic was... Um, doing all kinds of things that are happening now. Uh, yes. And the churches had gone silent and kind of dead inside. Uh, and when the Nazis came around the corner, there were too many people that were all for, you know, I'm not a Nazi, but they're going to burn the books. And the first books that they were burning were the sexology books about transgenderism and LGBTQ and all of that stuff. We're repeating that. And what I'm afraid of is you get to a certain point, and if our churches don't wake up, what happens? We will look for somebody who will say, as you just said, I'll put a lid on it, and we will cheer. And then we, our side, 
will become the bad guys because we haven't noticed that our hearts have closed. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah, I remember the American sexologist, Havelock Ellis. He was our version of the German sexologist. He was very popular. Well, it, and he was advocating things that were pretty, even today, look pretty crazy. But nobody, nobody in Germany, I mean, Hitler, if you read the early propaganda of 1933-34, it was all against Weimar. He tried to melt yep. everything he could because it was just an unstable mess, the Weimar Republic. And, you know, they had deliberately printed in 1923 earlier, they printed all this cheap money to pay off their indemnities to France and ruin the global economy. It was, it was a mess and they couldn't correct it. And there was a there was a kind of a cultural, I think what you're saying is there was a cultural element to it. Big time. Very similar to what we've seen. Yeah, it's an idea that no one can judge anybody else's lifestyle or right. And the, you know, we, had, we had this and the banks started to be run by guys in their 20s and uh, the older. Did. Did. Yeah. All the older people were like, wait a minute, what is happening to our country? Uh, and it's similar to this EG, ESG, yep. this idea that we're going to make investments based on social yep. activism rather than financial logic. And uh, that's what's scary is that this revolution that I think started with Obama has morphed into a. 24 7 360 degree effort to be so intrusive that uh, sexuality economics uh academia professional sports almost every institution has to participate and i think that's because they realize there's no popular support for it. that's what's ironic 51 percent of the people do not agree with any of this but when you have all of the major institutions under your yeah. control and you've got the big money now. Everybody thinks big money was Republican. It's not anymore. It's left-wing Silicon Valley finance big time. corporation. And we we have the voice, but we don't know how to exercise that power because we're just saturated. If you do a Google search, the first 20 results are going to be ideologically warped. Right. If you you don't know what's going to be banned on Facebook or, or maybe not anymore Twitter, but Everywhere you turn, your kid comes home from college and gives you a lecture. You go in to see the school board for your nine-year-old. It's just so intrusive and, again, holistic that I think everybody has kind of retreated to a monastery of the mind where they say, you know what, I'm not going to watch any NBA anymore. I don't watch the Super Bowl half. I haven't heard. I don't know what a Tony Award is. I have no yep. interest in the Emmys. I haven't seen an Oscar on TV. Yeah. That's the reaction. And that's not going to stop it. So withdrawing it's not. And I am afraid that some people are also withdrawing from the news because they feel so alone uh, and hopeless uh, and powerless, which is absolutely not true. Um, yeah, but it is. Uh, there is one thing that I think is really good. I, you know, cause I've been warning about these things since the beginning of uh, uh, Obama. And it has always, I just realized this week, it's always been, okay, Glenn, yeah, yeah, the Republic is going to go down and these guys are all going to do these things. Now it is seemingly accepted even by parts of the uh, Democrats and the left that we're going down and this is the time that it's, it's happening right now. And you're waking up. And, and solidifying in people's minds, oh, crap, this is real. And I think that's our opportunity here to save the nation. 
is if we can act now together, I see that as a good sign. Yeah, I do, too. I think we people have to realize that whatever their politics, this agenda is not a political agenda. It's a nihilist agenda. It's, it, it goes nowhere but destruction. If, if you have, just to take one example, if you institutionalize the idea that you're going to attack personally the Supreme Court justices you don't agree with right. every day with this fix the court and you're going to go to their homes and you're going to swarm their homes. Or you're Chuck Schumer, you're going to go to the Supreme Court and threaten them with the, the world when they're going to reap. That's not sustainable. It won't work. And yet that's been, that's just partial now. You know, I, I remember when pack the court was a dirty word from 1937 and Roosevelt's failed gambit. Now it's a it's a it's a badge of honor. That's an agenda. Yeah. But they're they're advocating things that will not work in the sense that if you were to enact them or implement them, life as we know it would not be sustainable. It, as we know it, I, I don't think it would be. California is the canary in the mind. There's, there's certain things now that people do in California that they've never imagined. I don't go downtown. I make right. sure I don't. Right. I have I have pharmaceuticals because I can't go into a store. I don't go out after night in a big Correct. city after seven o'clock at night. This is all new. It's very rapid. The collapse. It's, it shows you how fragile we're. We were much more fragile than we ever imagined. Well, um, I really appreciate all the work you do, um, Victor. Thank you for, for everything. He, he ends his, um, his op-ed with, a counter-revolution is building, not just because people are angry uh, at what has become of their country, but because they now are learning that if they do nothing, they will have no country and soon. Thank you for that real clarion Thank call. Thank you. God bless. All right. The mark of a good driver is somebody who anticipates as many things going wrong as possible and is prepared for them. That's also the mark of a good car owner. If you're prepared in case something goes wrong with your car, you're not freaking out when something happens. Car 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 repairs today are expensive and crazy, and they got you because what are you going to do? Spend as much on a used car that you spent on a new car a few years ago? It, you can't get rid of that car. You have to make sure that you maintain it. And after the warranty is out, if it breaks down, it can cost you an arm and a leg. Not if you have Car Shield. They have affordable protection plans to fit every budget, and they now cover more parts than ever before. You're going to want them when the time for those costly repairs arrives. It's Car Shield, dedicated to protecting what you drive. Get Car Shield like I have. Car Shield at 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. Save 20% off your plan. Lock in your price and it will never go up. 800-227-6100. Or visit carshield.com slash Beck and save 20%. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So uh, uh, Victor Davis Hanson was just on with us, and he was talking about how crazy California is. Well, I'd like to point you to uh, King County, Seattle, uh, Washington, the co-chair of an advisory committee for the King County Regional Homelessness Authority. They're doing a bang-up job, by the way. 
they were having a meeting of the Continuum of Care Advisory Committee, and they were voting uh, new board members. Among the nominees is a guy named Thomas Whitaker. He goes by the name Raven Crowfoot. He's a 38-year-old man who identifies with the LGBTQIA2S+. Don't know if he is, but he identifies with it. And he also identifies American, Indian, Alaskan, Native, Indigenous communities. I don't know. How how do you? He's a community? I I don't. Again. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he had all that going for him. So he's going to just slide right through. Um, And then somebody on the board said, can I say something? We have a code of (laughs) we have a code of ethics here. Really? That's Mm. coming as a shock. Mm -hmm. Thomas Whitaker uh, Raven Crowfoot is a sex offender, a repeat sex offender. And I have had a previous bad experience with him. Oh, my God. Uh, He touched me inappropriately. And if he's on the board, I'm not safe. I'm not coming in. Now, of course, in the Me Too era, you'd expect them to be like, oh, my God. It's Seattle. Okay, so let's look about who he is. At 25 years old, he was convicted of harboring a runaway, a 13-year-old girl who he had have sex with. He's 25. She's 13. Mm. Two years later, he pled guilty to a felony uh, charge uh, of uh, communicating with a minor for immoral purposes, though the original charge was rape of a 15-year-old. Uh, And then he goes on with a 17-year-old. What happens? Oh, I can't wait to tell you the ending. Uh, What happens is that woman was screamed down by the co-chair. Shut up! The Glenn Beck Program. 